Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's continue to remember our nation. I can uh, remember each other. Remember all the ones that are affected by this COVID-19. And just uh, just remember all of our churches and all of our pastors, uh, our our, our uh, main pastors, assistant pastors, or youth pastors. Let's remember all of those. And uh, just every time you get a chance, pray for me too. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to come and to bow and to call upon your name and know that you hear and answer our prayers. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would just have your way, dear God, and just be with me in, in this uh, podcast, Lord. Just give me the words. Touch my mind and my lips, dear God. Anoint them, dear God. Give me the words that you would have me to say, Lord. And God, just be with each and every one, dear God, that is affected by this COVID-19. God, I, I know we have vaccines that's coming out now, Lord, but they still a lot that, that are not vaccinated yet. And I pray, God, that you would just touch them. Lay your healing hand upon them and be with them, dear God, and protect them. And Lord, just be with our nation. Lord, t- just touch it, dear God. Just, Lord, just open our eyes as the United States and as a world, Lord. Just open our eyes and let us see you and see the, the condition that we're in and, and turn from our wicked ways, dear God, and give our heart and life to you. Now, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just have your way and just move in a great and a mighty way. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. We are in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 11. Uh, the, uh, the children of Israel are, uh, are getting ready to go over uh, the Jordan. Now remember, Jordan is in its flood stage. Uh, in the wintertime and springtime, uh, it, it overflows its banks for quite a while, uh, especially during the time of harvest. It's the way that they, they have, uh, have enough water to uh, irrigate their crops. They, and uh, they still do that now, but the flooding part of it is, is, a, is a lot less because uh, there's two dams upstream. And uh, that, that flows that slows the flow down and, and puts just the right amount as it goes down. And remember the Jordan, I said there was there was two parts of it. There was an upper part and there was a lower part. And the upper part, uh, they used that for, like I said, for irrigation. But the bottom part, they, they don't use for very much of anything because it's, it's pretty well polluted by... Um, factory waste and uh, runoff from uh, different things uh, and of course it goes into the Dead Sea hence the, it gets its name the Dead Sea but uh, uh, we're in we're in verse 11 of chapter 4 of Joshua and it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priest in the presence of the people and the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half, tri- half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord and unto battle to the plains of Jericho. All right, now you remember if we go back, uh, 
the the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, they wanted to stay on the other side of Jordan. Uh, there was some uh, some good fertile grassy land that was good for uh, uh, their cattle and good for uh, for them to feed on, and so they wanted to stay on that side, but so that they would uh, have all that. And Moses went to the Lord, and the Lord told him, said, yes, that, that would be fine as long as all the men that were able to go to war uh, would go to war. All right, now then, if we go back and we look at that, I think that was in uh, Exodus, uh, it was in uh, Numbers 26. Uh, go back to Numbers chapter 26. And we get to reading there, and we find out that there was 110,000 that were uh, able to go to war. But now then there was only 40,000 that went over. And I got, got to trying to find out just exactly what was going on. And there is no reason why in God's Word about why they, only 40,000 went over them. Uh, uh, they... they couple of speculations as to why uh, I've got one of my own and uh, but the the one that um, that I read was that uh, the people uh, all they had their army all they had enough to arm con to completely arm and get the people ready to for battle and and uh, the, have the full complement of battle armor and an array uh, they just had enough for 40,000 people or men. Um, I, I've always thought, because even when, when I first started reading about this over in Numbers, I've always thought, um, would you completely leave the women and the children and all your livestock and everything, would you leave them completely defenseless would you take all the men that was able to go to war out from uh from the the men from the women and the children and leave them defenseless while you go over and fight battles for your brothers that's my that's my take on it uh, it would seem more knowing that what was going on in, in that area at that time uh, all the battles and, and the way the people hated the Israelites and everything, uh, it would be, I would think, more along the lines of uh, they those others stayed behind to protect the women and the children that were left. Instead of leaving, instead of all the 110,000 that was ready to go to war leaving, 40,000 went over, the others stayed behind to protect the women. That's my take. Uh, I have a, a teacher study Bible, King James Version teacher study Bible, and uh, it it says that the solution may be found in Numbers thirty two twenty seven. The passage says that thy servants will pass over every man armed for war. So it may be that only forty thousand men had the full complement of necessary armaments for battle. So that that's a couple of takes on why that was, but they they are they are get they are crossing over Jordan, and on the day the Lord magnified Joshua on that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses, all the days of his life, 
And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Now then, another thing here. The priests, the Levites, uh, the children of Israel, uh, the the ones that the one sojourners, the ones that was with them, they all would not actually would not make a move without uh, Joshua telling them to. The priest, they were still standing in the in the middle of Jordan when everybody went across. When everybody was completely across on the other side, out of out of harm's way, the priests were still standing there, and he had to tell the priest. He, he told, physically tell them, come up out. <clears throat> the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, the Lord told uh, Joshua to tell them to come up out of uh, Jordan or they would, they would have been there when the water fell. This is obedience. This is people that trust the man, trust the man that is leading them, which the man that is leading them trusts God so therefore, we have a chain of command, and everybody is following along on everybody else. Uh, I say that to say this. We need to get behind our pastors. Uh, for you have uh, the, uh, the main pastor, and assistant pastor, youth pastor, whatever pastors you have, we need to get behind them, and we need to support them in whatever we can 100%. We don't need to be making fun of them. We don't need to be uh, putting them down. We don't need to uh, get mad because uh, they tell us that we need to be doing something. They're there to lead us. They're, they are leading us and should be leading us by the leadership of God leading them. Now then, we need to understand that their job is a very hard job. I, I would not want Moses' job, and I would not want Joshua's job. Uh, I have been, I was a pastor for a little while. I don't want to go back that route again. Who knows? I may have to, but I hope not. I'm praying Lord don't <laughs> because, I, I really, I've got enough to do in the church now and, and with my podcast and with Sunday school and other things going on in the church, but, um, that's neither here nor there. They, God had to take Joshua and he had to prove him to the children of Israel. He had to prove, let them know that he was following him and he was telling Joshua what to do and he was telling the people. And when they, they finally figured out that not only was Joshua doing what God told him, but he had he he had their best interest in mind. He had forgotten about himself. He he no longer cared about himself. His all of his concentration and all of his efforts and everything was on the children of Israel and keeping them safe and keeping them following God. And that's that's what his main job was. And so Joshua he he didn't worry about anything. Else. And it came to pass when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all its banks as they did before. Now then, this water, 
all the water that was below where the children of Israel crossed over, it had gone to the Red Sea, or the Dead Sea. The waters that came down to where they had where they were crossing over stood in a heap. Alright, now then the Lord told Joshua to take uh, stones and build a, a monument where the priest's feet was that was holding, that was carrying the, the Ark of the Covenant. So he built, he took rocks and he built a monument in the middle of Jordan River. And he, he built this, this monument up. Now, they didn't have any, they didn't use anything to, uh, like cement or anything like that to put this, these, stack these stones up. They just stacked them up in a way to where that they, they would sit on each other real firmly. All right. The priests walked out of Jordan, and when their souls was on the soles of their feet were on dry land, the waters then proceeded to go back to where they were before. Now then, the the reason why those stones was there and and it was written down was to for us to know exactly how the waters went back to where they like they were. Instead of them just all of a sudden just gushing uh, all the way down through there and wiping out everything on the banks as they go, it, it gradually went back down. Just as gradually as it went up, it gradually went back down because these stones, when the, when the water got back to normal, you, these stones were still stacked up in the middle of Jordan River. They didn't. The river didn't go down so fast that it it knocked the rocks over or anything like that. So it just it just went down very slowly and very gently. See, there there is another miracle that God performed. You know, there, there's so many miracles of, of this one crossing right here uh, that that it, it it just blows your mind because not only did God separate the waters and the waters below went on down to the to the dead sea and the others stood in a heap but they they the waters parted and they walked over on dry land no mud nothing like that no they didn't sink up uh, to their shoes because the bible says they walked, they passed over clean they passed clean over so they, they didn't have no mud on them. They didn't have no debris of no kind. So when the waters left where they were going to cross over, the, it completely left. The dirt, the river, the riverbed, everything. It was all dry, and they walked across it. And then when they, everybody got onto the other side and the priest stepped out of the water, then gently the water proceeded to go back to the way it was, overflowing its bank as it was before, as normal as it was, it, it just slowly went back to the way it was. I just wonder if there, there was any towns or anything that was down below, uh, downstream from where they crossed over, because that had to be one, one very strange sight to, to hear the river is flowing and it's flowing out of its banks and, and everything, and then all of a sudden it just, it, there ain't no water. It's gone. What happened to the water? So, and and another thing, 
by doing this, uh, we're going to get on into that, but uh, we're going to find out that by God doing this and and it being noise all over the uh, the land where they were going in to possess, all the the men of valor and all the warriors and all those people they uh, they became very weak and and very timid and they they were scared and. Uh, let me tell you what, if I was on the other side of the Israelites, I'd be scared too, if that happened. And they, they, then they took those 12 stones that all, they, you remember the 12 men, they carried a stone each out of uh, the middle of Jordan where the priests were standing. At, and they, they set up a monument there then in uh, Gilgah. So they had two monuments. They had one in Gilgah where they uh, stopped to uh, regroup or whatever you want to call it. They, this is where they, when they come across the river, this is where they met at. So this is a, their first stopping place. So they built this this monument out of 12 stones. Uh, you know, it's, it's not nothing real massive or anything like that. It's just a simple fact that uh, there, here's these 12 stones that are stacked up. Uh, I don't know if they would maybe put up in sort of like a column if it was in a heap whatever it was but they made a monument out of it and uh in verse and the speaking children are saying um and these 12 stones verse 20 uh, these 12 stones which they took out of jordan did joshua pitch in gilgah and he spake unto the children of israel saying when our children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. So they they have passed over Jordan safely, even though it was at the flood stage. Nobody got no mud on their feet or their, uh, their clothes or anything like that. And now then they're in Gilgah, and they have... Uh, set up this monument to uh, to remind them and so that they can tell other people of exactly what it means. And also another thing, uh, the children of Israel, when they came out of the, uh, uh, out of Jordan, this was on the 10th day of the first month. Now then, if we, if we go back to Exodus, when the children of Israel got ready to come out of Israel, God told them, said, this is the first day of the first month. So he, he uh, I guess, reset their calendar, and this was the first day of the first month. So he told them on the 10th day that they were to take a lamb, and they were to put the lamb up, and then on the 14th day they were to eat the eat the Passover. This is when the, the uh, death angel passed over Egypt. And uh, if your blood, if the blood wasn't applied to the doorpost and, and up over the door, uh, 
he, the death angel would kill the firstborn in the family. And this is known as a Passover. And now then, we're going to get into chapter 5. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. <laughs> I can, you know, I, I, I get these crazy images in my head sometimes when I, when I read about God's word. And, and I, I, would, I could just imagine all the, all the king men and all of his, his uh, warriors and everything sitting around and they, they were drinking wine and eating and laughing and talking and have, maybe singing and having a good time and everything and, and saying, let them Israelites come on, we, we'll, we'll take care of them. And then somebody comes running in and tells the king about what happened to Jordan, how the, uh, the, the Israelites' God had dried up Jordan and how they walked over on dry ground and everything. And I mean, the place goes completely quiet in an instant. And everybody was looking around at each other and, and you could see the fear on their face because they, they knew right then that they were beat. They, that's when that they figured out that they were beat. I I just pictured that in my head for some reason because, uh, you know, you before you go to war, uh, I no I don't know how it is now, but uh, I know from uh, different things that I have read and seen when, before they went to war, they'd always have a night of where that they would uh, they would eat and they would drink and they would be merry because uh, how is it said tonight we eat we drink and we be merry because tomorrow we may die. So they would they would have one good one good last uh, one real good party one last time before they went out to war, and then right in the middle of their their party and everything, somebody comes in and tells them that uh, the uh, Israelites had crossed over the Jordan on dry ground, and it it just sort of messed up all of them. They they lost all their spirit. They lost all their will to fight. Uh, they was in a position that they didn't know whether to run or stay, and uh, this is this is where they're at right now, because God had had moved so uh, miraculously in their lives and had uh, done so many wonderful things that it was it was a bound it was bound to happen. But you know, still yet, sometimes we we pump ourselves up and we think that we're really something big and we're going to go out and we're going to do something really great and and then something happens and we get shot down and that that's basically where they are at now now then after this the lord told joshua uh in verse two said i want you to make you make these sharp knives and i want you to circumcise again the children of israel so Joshua went out and he made him some sharp knives and he got ready to uh, and he circumcised the children of Israel and the and the reason why that Moses done or Joshua done this is because all the children that came out well let's go let's go all the way back to Abraham this 
by doing this practice of the circumcision, this uh, sealed the uh, the covenant that God made with Abraham when they, when God told Abraham that his seed would be as the stars of heaven and as the sands of the seas, and uh, that circumcision was carried on uh, all, all, even now. And if we remember when Moses, when Moses got uh, killed the Egyptian and got in trouble and had to leave, and he went to Midian, and uh, he married uh, Jethro's daughter, uh, they had two sons, and then when Moses went uh, before the burning bush and God told Moses what he wanted him to do, Moses started back to Egypt. Well, they, they stopped at an inn somewhere, and the Lord sought Moses to kill him because he had not kept the covenant. The covenant was that he had not circumcised his sons. Well, his wife figured out what was going on and everything, and she circumcised both boys uh, with a sharp rock, and she throwed the foreskins at uh, Moses and told him that uh, he was a bloody husband because she didn't believe and didn't practice uh, circumcision. Uh, her her family did, did not believe in or practice uh, circumcision. And that's the reason. And, and, and Moses, instead of getting an argument started with his wife and maybe the whole whole family he just he just let it go well he got in trouble for it and then he had to do it but then all the children from that time up children of israel from that time till they left out of egypt all of them were circumcised but now then after we get into the the wilderness all of them that were born while they were in the wilderness they they did not circumcise them so now then the lord's telling uh Joshua to make him sharp knives and to go out and to circumcise all the males. And he did that. This was done at the uh, hill of the foreskins was the place where the, it was done at. And this brought uh, Joshua. It brought him back underneath the covenant. It brought it, and it showed the children of Israel that he uh, was going to keep the laws and he was going to keep the covenant and everything that happened up to this point and that he was going to follow the Lord no matter what. So the people then, uh, they they decided that they was going to trust him and they was going to follow him just the same way as they did Moses because they knew that he was he was following the Lord and he was going to do what God told him to do. In verse 10, And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgah and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at evening in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. All right. They, they did the Passover. Now then, the Passover was unleavened bread, a lamb of the first year without spot or blemish, and bitter herbs. 
that that was the Passover meal that you had to eat. This was what they ate right before they left the land of Egypt. They took the lamb, they, they killed the lamb, and they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and over the top of the door, and they ate the lamb uh, with their family. And if their family wasn't big enough to eat the whole lamb, they would get their neighbors and they would bring their neighbors in with them but they would still, their neighbors would still put the blood on their doorpost and up over their door, and they would all get together and eat this lamb, and they ate it with unleavened bread. There was to be, <laughs> there was no leaven allowed to be in the in the house at all during this time, uh, and they ate unleavened bread and they ate the lamb, roasted with fire. It couldn't be uh, boiled in water. It couldn't uh, It couldn't be fixed any other way. It had to be roasted with fire and they ate it with bitter herbs. So this was the, the, actually I guess this would be the first meal that they had when they got to Gilga. This would be their first meal. Okay, now then on the next day, they ate corn and uh, unleavened cakes and parched corn the next day. This was from the land that they was in. Uh, they ate it and they started eat, eating what was left of the land. And on the next day, the morning they got, they made, some of them may have even got up to go out to get manna, but the manna was no longer there. Uh, they were in the land of plenty. They had all the food that they, they wanted, all the different types of food they wanted now. They just didn't have the manna. They had uh, all different kind, types of uh, food that they could eat. And so they didn't need the manna anymore. So the Lord took the manna, the manna away. And verse 13, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Now then, after some point in time, Joshua was uh, was by Jericho, and as he was walking around, he, he, he looked up, and there stood a man with his sword drawn. And Joshua just walked up to him, asked him, Are you a friend or a foe? And he said, I'm neither. He said, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. And... Uh, and said, I am come, I am now come. And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now then, let's go back to Moses in the burning bush. What was the first thing that the Lord told Moses out of the burning bush? Loose thy shoes from off your feet, for the ground you're standing on is holy. And that's what that's what the captain of the of the Lord's uh, uh, hose told Joshua. So see, 
and he he is on a lot of holy ground now. This this ground that this land that Joshua and all the Israelites on has been handpicked by God Himself for the children of Israel. So and now then they're they're there and they're going in and they're going to uh, to take the land away from the inhabitants thereof. And the first one that they go to is Jericho. And I. Um, I'd say probably about everybody has heard about the story of the walls of Jericho and how they fell. But there was a pastor uh, at the church, um, a while, well, I'm not a pastor, a minister at the church a while back, and he got to talking about uh, the walls of Jericho, and he uh, brought something out that I had never, I had never took the time to see. And, and I'm going to share that with you here in a minute. But uh, in chapter 6, it says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none come in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Now then, uh, back we got to talking about uh Oh, it was about the children of Israel and how that they would eat their own children and everything because the enemy had come against them and they had encamped around their their cities and their walled up cities and they had shut the gates and they had made them fast and now then they couldn't get out and all of what they had to eat was what was inside the 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 city and see this this was one of the tactics of the uh, the armies was to when they come up on a walled city, they would <clears throat> they would surround the city, and they would just sit there, and they wouldn't let nobody come out. They wouldn't let nobody go in. Eventually, uh, one of two things is going to happen: they they are either going to give up and come out, or they're going to die in there. See, they when you get inside that walled city. You have limited water. You have limited food. You, everything about that walled city is limited. See, they had to go outside that walled city to get their food uh, and possibly get their water. They may have had a well inside, and some of them, maybe some of them didn't, but they their food was limited. So they they was either going to have to give up and and come out of there or they were going to die of starvation and thirst so inside that city at walled city you were cut off from the rest of the world you had no access to all the things outside that you needed and uh they they would do this and wait you out uh because they had all the food and everything they needed outside and all the water they needed and they could they could stay there for months but so, but you know like I said, either one of two things, you was either going to starve to death or you was going to come out of there. But as they, uh, they, they walked around the wall and they, uh, they did this once, once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, they done it seven times. And on the seventh time, they, uh, blew their, the, uh, seven priests, Levites, they blew their horns, uh, ram's horns, and they, uh, everybody shouted, and when they did, the walls fell down flat. 
uh, and this is this is the one thing that uh, the pastor brought, or preacher brought out uh, that I had never really noticed. But the Bible says the walls fell down flat, and you know any time that you um, you knock down brick or anything like that, it's, it's going to land in a in a pile. It's not going to lay completely flat out on the ground. Well, this this did when this wall fell. I wish I could remember exactly how wide this wall was because uh, uh, it, it was big enough to have houses on it because uh, Rahab the harlot, her house was on the wall. And uh, because when the pursuers that was going after the two spies that she said had already left, uh, when they when they got out of distance, she let them down by a scarlet rope uh out of the window down and they ran uh, to the woods or to the mountains and they hid there till um, for three days but uh, yeah it fell flat down and when it fell flat down they they went in and they took the the city uh, they killed everybody in it and all the animals and everything the only thing that they took was uh, the gold and the silver and the uh, vessels of iron and brass, they took all of those, and those went into the, to the treasury of the Lord, and those were kept in there for whatever. And they 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 did this, and they went in, and they burnt this uh, city. Uh, they, they completely burnt it and everything that was in it at that time. Uh, but Rahab and, and uh, the harlot and all her family and everything, Joshua told the two spies that went in and spied out Jericho. Uh, she he told them to go to Rahab's house and get her and all of her uh, family that was inside the house out and take them just just outside of the camp uh, of the Israelite camp and and keep them there. Now then, another thing I want you to uh, think about this: Rahab's house was on the wall. Now then, when the wall fell, her house stayed intact because they went, the two spies went to her house and got her out of the house and took her and, and placed her just outside of the camp to where she'd be safe. Uh, so there, there's another one, another miracle that God had done in this situation. But everything that God has done since they crossed over the, uh, the River Jordan, everything that God has done has just uh, sealed Joshua's, uh, the fact that he was uh, following God and he and he was being led by the Lord. And the people just, they, they trusted him more and more every time that the Lord done something like this for him. And, you know, every time that we do something for the Lord, it, it, it should reinforce our, uh, our, Christianity. It should let everybody know that we are definitely a child of God. But the reason why that people don't really know that we are a child of God and, and don't really have any respect for us is because we act like the world and, and, and we talk like the world, but yet we profess to be a Christian. And, you know, there's got to be something different about us. And there was something different about Joshua and the the children of Israel knew that and they, they respected him and they feared him and they, they uh, listened to him and they, they followed his, his word. But 
but Joshua told him, said, I don't want you to take any anything out of that accursed place. I don't want you to take anything. Uh, in other words, you go in there and you come back out with the same thing you went in. You don't you don't pick up nothing and put in your pockets or, or hide or bring back with you. Because just as sure as you do, somebody uh, and you bring it back to the camp, the whole camp is going to be infected by that. And and it's going to uh, bring trouble. That's all it's going to do is bring trouble. It may it may make you feel good, and it may make it may help you out a little bit. But in the end, all it's going to be is trouble. And you know the thing about it is, is in churches today, it's just one little thing, uh, something something somebody feels or. Uh, somebody got hurt or, or different things crop up in the church and it don't just affect one person that one little sin of somebody talking about somebody or somebody getting mad because somebody's doing something and they haven't been asked to do anything they got their feelings hurt or whatever that one little thing if it's if it's not taken care of and it's not and, got, and you don't ask God to forgive you for it in the end, it's, it's going to fester and it's going to end up uh, affecting the whole congregation, not just one person, but the whole congregation. So, you know, we, we need to really turn everything over to the Lord and let let Lord take care of that. You know, that's what Joshua was doing. He was, he was following the Lord. He had no real ideal about uh, how to go to war and, and how to do all these things, but it— He's the one that Moses and God picked to take Moses' place and do what Moses had been doing. Yeah, he was Moses' minister, and, and he learned a lot, I'm, I'm sure, from Moses, but still yet, there's there's a difference in helping somebody do something and learning from them and then doing it yourself. There's, there's something that's completely different. You know, I, I've helped a lot of ministers. I've helped a lot of teachers. I've helped out in churches a lot. But when it come right down to me doing it, it was totally different. Uh, and it, it is one of those things where that, you know, that you just really don't realize what that person has to go through to do what they're doing. And it, it's, <laughs> and you know everything has its little little perks and it has its little tweaks and it has its its aggravations and everything just like podcasting uh you know things we do sometimes sometimes they work out sometimes they don't sometimes you have to go back and and redo half of uh, your podcast because of something that you wanted to do and wanted to try and it didn't work out all the way through but you know, you know the thing about it is, it's it's all in God's hands, and He's the one that's in control of it. And you need to learn from these things, and and this is what it's it's a continuous learning thing. Even the children of Israel, when they come out of uh, out of Egypt, it was a a continual learning thing to, uh, process till they got to the. Uh, promised land and then when they got inside the promised land it was a totally different learning process uh, you know they learned how to be patient and they learned how to do with what they had in the wilderness and they learned how to uh, to uh, get along with each other but now then they're over here in the promised land and they are in this huge land and there's a there's a 
a whole nother set of things that they're going to have to learn how to do uh, because now then they're not just wandering around in the, in the wilderness anymore. They're in the place that God has given to them, has promised them. So now then they're going to have to learn how to take initiative and how to listen to Joshua and to God and to go out and fight his battles and to do just exactly what Joshua says because when they don't do what Joshua says they get in trouble as we're going to see in in uh, the next week uh, or the next time how did they get in trouble because somebody didn't obey the Lord and let me tell you something every time that you don't obey God you're going to get a spanking you're going to get whipped some way or another. You're going to get in trouble, and you're going to have to. You're going to end up having to ask God to forgive you for uh, what you didn't do or what you did do that you weren't supposed to. And then you're going to have to ask God to forgive you, and then you probably end up having to do it anyway. So you know, I always yes, I've been there just recently. So yes, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And you can rob yourself out of a blessing, a really good blessing, uh, if you if you're not careful. And these children of Israel, they they were in this place to where that they were uh, they were in their blessing. They was the, the one blessing that God had promised Abraham that He was going to give to the children of Israel. And now then they are standing right in it. They they walked right into it. So now then's when the work work takes place see they've been wandering around and they've been lax on their uh, uh things that god had told uh, them to do they've been lax on it and they have been living you know pretty good uh not having to do anything just wander around pitch your tent put the tabernacle up take the tabernacle down take the tent down move a little far they've been doing this for 40 years but now then they are about to, they are come into the place to where it is time to go to work. It's time for them to do some work. So this is when Joshua had them to get together together and and to march around the walls of Jericho. And uh, as they march around the walls of Jericho, they do it one time uh, every day for six days. And he told me he said, "Be quiet, don't speak, don't 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 say a word, don't shout, don't do nothing." They had they had an army in front of them, and then they had seven priests with ram's horns, and then they had the Ark of the Covenant, and then they had a, another army behind them, and they walked around the walls of Jericho one time a day, and they go back to the, to their camp. They get up the next morning and do the same thing. They done this for six days. On the seventh day, they walked around it seven times, and on the seventh day. They shouted and they and they blowed on the horns and everything and the walls fell down flat, not in a heap. They fell down flat, and they went in and they took the they took the land. They took the city, and they they took the spoil of the city, the the silver and the gold and the brass and the iron. They took all of that and they, and they took that and gave that took that and put that into the treasury of the tabernacle, into the treasury of the Lord. And for his use. But I hope you got something out of this uh, today. It was, it was a challenge for me to get this one together today. But, you know, 
the Lord always the Lord always allows things to happen to us sometimes just to keep us on our toes and, and figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to handle it. Did I get upset? No. Got a little aggravated because of that it happened because I bought a new microphone. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I've done. I bought a new microphone, and I, it's a headset, and I liked it a lot, and it worked great. All, in, all except for about the last 15 minutes of the podcast, and it started popping and cracking and everything, so I had to go back and redo it. So by saying that, I'm going to say this. If I repeated anything more than once of what I said during this podcast, I'm sorry because uh, – I went back quite a ways, but I still may have not went back far enough. But, you know, it is it, still. I would rather do this than anything because I enjoy this. And this is one of those, those, those jobs that God gives me that's not a job. It, it is a pleasure to do. It, is, it really is. It's a pleasure to do this. And I, ho- I hope you all get something out of it. And I hope that you all enjoy it. But until the next time, I hope that God blesses you in a great and a mighty way. Thank you.